Today's episode of InVibe Life Conversations podcast is sponsored by Anchor. Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will then distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. It's everything that you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. It's very three different voices, three different perspectives teaching the same thing. And just kind of an overview, I feel like Gary Zukov is a deep dive into the soul, right? Yeah, in yeah. personality. And, um, you know, I think that Eckhart Tolle is, you know, most well known for the power of now being in the present moment. But what a new work does, if you move on to that book, it gets into a lot of the same things I think that Zukov does. Okay. And he would um, use the term ego. Mm-hmm. Almost the same way as you call it, use personality. And yeah. then I would talk about a deeper soul yeah. or authentic self or things like that. Um, and, and they're both, in, in those two books, saying uh, we're shifting, we're evolving, yeah. and we're getting to a place where more and more people are ready to have these conversations. And that, that's something that they really do share. Definitely. And then Gabby's like Gabby your girlfriend. She's yeah. like your girlfriend. It's the how-to guide. Mm-hmm. Very accessible and um, easy to... If this is all new to you, this is an easy pickup. Welcome to the In Vibe Live podcast with Amy Parker and Cheryl Dunn. By tuning in, you are joining a community that will inspire you to increase balance, wellness, and joy in your life. We'll offer expert information and insightful conversations to help us all on our journey to live more in vibe. For more information and articles, remember to also check out our website at invibelife.com. That's E-N-V-I-B-E-L-I-F-E.com. And we're grateful that you're here. Hi, and welcome to the InVibe Life podcast with Amy Parker and Cheryl Dunn. We're glad you've joined us today. Um, I feel like we always start by saying, Cheryl, that I'm so excited about this podcast today, but I'm so excited about this podcast today because Cheryl and I are both, first of all, avid readers in general, but there have been several books along the way that have made profound differences to us, um, deepened our spiritual understanding. I think that's really more what we're talking about today is yeah. spiritual books, and we have nutrition books. We have, we have tons of books we like, but today we're kind of introducing some of our favorite books that have helped us, um, emotionally, spiritually on our path to wellness. I think, um, the books we're talking about today, when we were deciding which ones we wanted to cover, we kept saying that was such a huge moment for me or such a big aha. And that's how we kind of chose yeah. where we're going mm-hmm. today. So where do you think we should start? Which book should we begin with? So I think we should start with Gary Zukov's The Seed of the Soul. Love it. Now I have his 25th anniversary edition um, <laughs> with the study guide in it. And if anyone can see on video mine, mine is much older and falling apart. <laughs> Right? I think mine's bigger because it has a study guide. It has a study guide. Yeah, it's like a study guide. And then with this edition, also, I think maybe Oprah wrote the foreword. Okay. But um, this is before that. Yes. Yes. So I suggested we start with this book because I find it to be, it was mind blowing 
to me the first time I opened this book up and read it. Now, I'm also one that I like to have the book. I like to listen to the book, and sometimes I even get it in Kindle. So one book that I really love, I'll, I'll put it in all three places so that I can clean my house and listen to the book. Mm-hmm. I can, you know, have all the reference guides in paper version of the book because I'm old school that way, you know. So I, this is one that I did in all three things. I pick it up every so often. You want to see in it. Yeah. <laughs> I pick it up every so often to re-listen to it. Yeah. You know, and re-hear it, re-see it. Um, it's probably been about four years, maybe, since I picked this up the first time. Did you give me this? I'm wondering. I was trying to figure that out, too, but I would have probably written a message in it, so I'm not sure. All right, so here's um, the interesting thing. or the I was a little bit the opposite. Because I had this book probably at least 20 years ago. It probably sat on my, and I read a little bit of it, kind of put it in my bookshelf. I never got rid of it. I always kept it along. And then, yeah, probably five years ago or so, I picked it up again, and it was jaw-dropping for me. And so, you know, that's a lesson that um, we get what we need when we need it. And timing's really important. We can't always receive information. Mm-hmm. You have to be ready to receive it and that, or to understand it. I feel like I understood it on a whole different level than when I tried to read it the first time. So, yeah, sometimes, you know, it, you even if someone gives you a book and you pick it up and you think, mm, I don't think so, right? Maybe hang on to it because <laughs> you never know when it might when it might with you. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, yeah, tell us why. Why, Cheryl, this was such a big... Uh, moment for you. So I always believed, you know, that we had a soul and that the soul did take a physical space in our body. And I believed that when we died, our soul went to heaven. And, you know, that was kind of my interpretation of the soul, right? It didn't go too deep. I was like, I knew the soul was like the heart of me that was connected to the higher powers or being and to, you know, I was raised Christian. So it was like, Jesus was in my soul and in my heart. And that was my like lifeline to the other side. Um, this book took the idea of the soul out of the little box I had put it in and exploded that box because it introduced me to concepts that I never considered possible as far as like reincarnation. Um, that my soul might exist in other time, space, and realities mm-hmm. at the same time that I'm living this reality. That is a little mind-blowing to me. And right. it still is to this day. Yeah. It's hard for me to wrap my brain around it. But that was really just, I'm like, whoa, reincarnation. My soul comes back and can live multiple lives. And our souls reincarnate together with other souls. And it also opened up the concept of the earth school, right? That my soul jumps onto the earth to learn from this experience and this life and this personality. Well, all right. So let's back up a minute too. And I, I almost need to write these things down so we don't remember, forget to go back to them. But one of the big things, um, Gary Zukov does in this book is he comes out I and mean, he says this right away that, um, 
we have all been taught the concept of evolution of the physical world. Mm-hmm. What he would call, or a lot of people call the three-dimensional world, or Gary Sukoff calls the five-sensory world. What we, you know, see, hear, feel, Taste. smell, and touch are mm-hmm. our five senses we all know about. And that we all accept that that's been evolving over time. And where it is today is different than where it was 100 years ago or 200 years before that or a 1,000 years before that or a million years before that. What he says the same is true um, for the multidimensional world, which would kind of be defined as more of the spiritual or world. the sixth sense is another mm-hmm. term for it. Well, he actually says multisensory, but yeah, right. and intuition is one of the one mm-hmm. ones he he talks about a lot, and that we have also been evolving on a multisensory basis or a beyond three dimensional basis. And you know, he wrote this book over 20 years ago, but that we were reaching a point where more and more people were realizing that, and it was changing the dynamic even of our earthly experiences. And the big part of that is that when you are in the five sensory world, as Zukov would call it, you look at power based on external measures or external forces. And so it might be in today's world how much money someone earns or who, what kind of job do they have? Or physically larger even, or things like that. The sensory, the five sensory world. Um, And that's what power is based on, which just automatically almost leads to competitiveness and comparisons and things like that. Worthiness, unworthiness. All of these things, all of these things. And when you evolve to start looking at the world in the multi-sensory way is when you can really get to a place of authentic power. And he would define authentic power as that that is more internal based on feelings, intuitions, things like that. Mm -hmm. But this is where he also gets into, I think, what was another big concept for me. And you mentioned that I think we've both seen an interview where he talks about the mothership. He talks about the difference between the soul and the personality. And you want to give his analogy for the soul versus the personality with the soul is like the mothership. Yeah. He, he talks about the soul is the mothership and it's what's, if you, you know, had to vision it up here and these, all these tethered strings between the mothership and all these other little ships, the tenders. Yeah. The tenders coming off of it. And so those other little ships were one of those. Well, they're the personality. Yeah, the personality that I, that my soul chose to have for this lifetime. My soul mm-hmm. chose this body. My soul chose this personality, right? So I'm just one of those little tethered ships off of the mothership. Mm-hmm. And now here's the real key to what Zipo talks about, at least for me, my big takeaway. When your personality or your tender aligns with your soul's purpose or the mothership, that's when you really find your true authentic power or your true authentic. When you find your true authentic self, align your personality with it. That's where you derive real power, Mm -hmm. authentic power. And and I think that also one of the things that he goes into in this book is to, when you're in that, you know, multi-sensory observance and that you realize that exists that's when you start to put more merit and weight into your intuition. Yeah. And learning how to 
hear it, sense it, feel it, know how it talks to you, and trust where it's coming from. Mm -hmm. Someone that's living in the five sensory world might just think it's, you know, eh, whatever. I'm kind of ignore it or ignore it or not tune into it or not put too much value into it. Where that multi-sensory experience, you're really learning how can I hear it more? How can I tune into it more? How can I, you know, really get that guidance because that is not only is it your authentic power, but that's kind of like when you know you're in the flow and you just feel you've made the right, made Mm -hmm. the right choice. And when you're making choices, you know, that you've made choices that align with the mothership, right? Mm -hmm. That those sort of things. One little bitty example that I've kind of done with my kids, and this is very like, frivolous, but it's just something I'm trying to teach them to feel their intuition is, oh, should I buy the red car or the blue car? And I'm like, I just want you to kind of in your head envision what it's going to feel like to walk out of the store with the red car. Mm-hmm. And okay. And then they kind of look at me like I'm a little crazy. Well, what's it going to feel like if you walk out of the store with a blue car? It's going to feel great. Or are you going to wish you had that red car? That's one way. And you can kind of start to feel what that is. And that's just like a simple little toy analogy. Mm -hmm. But just if you play with that, even as an adult, it really, you know, and those are little decisions, but in big decisions, you know, feel what's it feel like in one of these books also had an exercise where it said, you know, ask the universe, ask God, ask the mothership, what does yes feel like to you? And then you just close your eyes and internally feel your body and or maybe not your body or just feel what you feel, right? Do, do you feel warmness in your heart? Mm-hmm. Do you feel your hands tinkle? It's different for everybody. And ask the universe, what does no feel like? Does it give you nausea? Or mm-hmm. Does it make you nauseous? Does it, you know, what does it do for you? Does it make you cramp or that kind of stuff? And then that's just a little yes and no answer to kind of, put you a little more in touch with your intuition. And you know what? I don't know if you've gotten into the Abraham Hicks writings as much as I have. I've read a lot of them, but that's what Abraham or Abraham yeah. Hicks calls the emotional guidance system. Yeah. And Beautiful. they say it's here to help guide us in the three-dimensional world. Yes, and really tune into it and use it. One of the things I want to go into that Gary Zukoff addresses um, is karma. And I feel like karma is a word that's thrown around frivolously. And he makes a really good um, case for it. He says, you know, the universe does not judge. Right. There is no judgment. And so we kind of sometimes think, oh, that's your karma. You did something bad. Something bad happened mm-hmm. to you. He said that's not it. It's kind of more energetically of what you put out. So if your intention is love and light, that's what you see and bring back into your world. But if you have kind of a fight going on internally, then that's what you draw into your world. That's more of a karma definition from his perspective. Sort of like law of attraction. Very much. That's how I, I took it as similar to law of attraction. And so he, then he talks about intentionality creating very clear intentions with what you're looking for. And I know um, I've probably talked about this on one of the podcasts too. 
there was a situation that I was going into that sometimes I kind of dreaded it. I'm like, oh, but this time I had said, you know what? It's just going to be awesome today. It's going to be great. Everyone's going to get along. It's going to be fun. We're going to laugh. We're going to smile. And I set that intention before I went into the setting. And I didn't even think about that the whole time I was there. And when I left, I was like, you know what? That was really fun. It was really fun. There was no petty stuff going on. There was no backstabbing or gossiping or, you know, we laughed and we had a good time. It was just really fun. But I made a purpose to set that clear intention. Just I did, that re- I did that recently also. After you did that, I had to go to a family event where there were some tensions in the family. And I, I just kind of normal. set my intention of, I just want to have fun. Well, Enjoy each other. It was other. not a fun occasion. <laughs> Um, well, it was, but a, it's, it, it was a passing in the field. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, just, uh, I'm, we are here out of love and that's all. Yeah. We're here out of love and respect mm-hmm. and that's all. I'm, I'm not going to let any of the other stuff, yeah. even if I feel it, get in the way of it. That's what we're here for. Yeah. And then, you know, I think we walked away thinking that was nice. a beautiful thing to have been a part of and learned and about, you know, the person and, and things mm-hmm. like that too. I also want to go back before we move on to the next book um, and talk about the earth scroll. The earth, earth school, school yeah. that you talked about. Yeah. And so I, I do think it's important, at least in my interpretation and gosh, with Gary Zukal, he's got a website, he has seminars, he has classes, go check it out. We're, just, we're just trying just to introduce yeah. tapping. Even what we're pulling out of this book is 1%. Go, yeah. go to the book, go to his information. Um, but it, in saying that we're moving from a five sensory um, perception or world into a multi-sensory perception or world, that doesn't mean that those five senses are bad. You know, that is still part of the earth school and it's really important tools too. And so that's how we learn. And what changes or the multi-sensory realization is that whatever is happening to you in that physical world is for a reason. And that reason is for you to learn. That's beautiful. You said that because I just looked over at my notes and noticed there was one sentence that I bolded and highlighted and it says every experience reflects your intention and it might be an intention on a soul level yes keep that in mind that's a yes because sometimes we go mm-hmm. through life and we're not making intentions on or a are you saying level. i would never want my business to have a hard time what do you mean this is my intention yeah. like your soul might still think that moment is an important lesson yeah for you. there's a tool for you to learn from it you know Whew, there's a lot of things that sometimes you might go through experiences many times and it's a little frustrating. I truly believe the universe or God, as mm-hmm. I would say, will mm-hmm. teach you the lesson however you're able to learn it. Mm-hmm. And so if, if yes. that's what it takes to catch your attention and you just really need to learn that lesson, I personally believe you'll learn it in whatever way God needs you to learn mm-hmm. it. And you might be going through the same experience over and over and over until you learn it. Right. Which is... You know, not easy. And so let's try to set, let's set our intention now, Cheryl. We're yeah. going to learn through only joy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I only joy and fun and parties and, yeah. And oh my I goodness, the last few days in Austin, have you seen the monarch butterflies? 
Uh, We're having a monarch butterfly migration through Austin. It is magical gorgeous. and amazing. Mm-hmm. And they have a path through my backyard. It is uh, amazing. That's awesome. It is, yeah. We'll have to walk out there when we're done with this and see if we see them. Okay. Anything else about Gary's Uh it, it just, I think one more little detail, and this is I'm not, probably not the great person to explain it, is he talks often about the splintered personality. Oh. And that's the struggle between choosing what your five sensor, what your personality wants versus what your soul wants, and how those sometimes can be at conflict. Um, and one of the examples he gave was your charitable side versus your vindictive side in regards to maybe someone who broke into your home, right? And so he's like, whatever side of you is stronger at the moment is going to be the side that comes out more in that situation. Not saying that you should be okay with someone breaking into your home, but instead of having this like built up anger around them, you know, you can still want justice to be had, but then, but you, on a soul level, you understand that they probably broke into your home because they are not in a good place. You know, still have compassion for humanity for humanity. Yeah. Yes. So it was just interesting because he talks about the splintered soul often, and that's the struggle between Mm -hmm. the personality or the ego and the soul. And that there is more peace and calm and joy when you can align with your soul versus your personality. Okay. Does that make sense? It makes a lot of sense. Yeah. But this, this book was just, I mean, I, I mean, I have to say it a hundred times. It was mind blowing to me. I was just like, Oh, and I can't believe again for me, how long I had it on a shelf. Yeah. That uh, it's like 15 years I missed out on or, or something like right. that. I just, I wasn't ready. For right. It. And I'm ready. telling you, even getting ready for this podcast, I, I listened to it a lot because I didn't have a lot of sit down time that I was just listening to it in my car, listening to it when I was getting ready in the morning, was just listening to it. And I'm like, I could listen to this a hundred times and learn something new every time. Maybe I need to download the audio book. Oh, the audio I'm an audio book junkie. That's how I can get latest on yours. That's how I'm getting on. Mm-hmm. Okay. So this is, I think next we should move on to Eckhart Tolle. Yeah, and this is why because all right. So we've just talked about show your books for for people that like to watch. Well, I think you know the power of now to me is one hundred and one. You might have given me that book. Maybe I really feel like the power of now. If you are going to pick one book, pick the power of now. Mm-hmm. Um, it is about being in the present moment. It's an easy read too. It is a fact. Gary's book is not an easy read. Um, and then I also have a new earth here, although I really thought we'd talk more about the power of now today. A new earth is his second, but in a lot of ways more well known, I think, or more well studied. But the reason I think the power of now is important and why I think it's 101 is I think learning to be in the present moment is like the gateway to mindfulness, to getting in touch with that intuition, to it's how you move from the five sensory world into the multi-sensory perception. It's how you learn to listen to those gut feelings mm-hmm. in your heart. It's by learning to be in the present moment. And so 
I feel like when you say being in the present moment means being in the now. Being in the now means being in the present moment. It, it's almost like stating a self-evident fact. But it's so hard to learn, mm-hmm. too. Like the simplest thing can be the hardest thing to learn. And so what, you know, being in the now or being in the present moment means is all we really have, what Tolle would say, all we really have is what's happening now, mm-hmm. right this minute. Mm-hmm. Um, and he goes on to say, most of the time, if you get still, get into the present moment, you'll realize that right now in this present moment, I am well, I have everything I need, all is well. Okay, so if we, just to explain this concept of being in the present moment a little more, think about it, and again, this is gonna get to be a little wonky and cyclical, but he would say anything that happened to you in your past, at the moment it happened to you, was still the now. Right. Anything that will happen to you in your future at the moment that it will happen to you will be the now of that moment. That's why he says, and it's not just Eckhart Tolle, but many spiritual teachers and practices say, all we really have is now. Right. Like that famous Zen doxology mm-hmm. and not now when. All we really have is right, is now. right now. And then... He also talks a lot about the mind, but do you have anything more you want to say about the present moment before we go into... Well, no, because I think where you're headed is exactly what I would want to add. And yeah, it's going on. And then, so, you know, he's really a big fan as, and I think this is why I love this book so much too, I'm a big proponent of moments of stillness. Right. Because really to get into the present moment or the now, you need stillness. And, you know, what we have developed, and again, like Zukov would say, it's what we've developed for the five-sensory world, is we rely on the mind a lot, mm-hmm. or our thoughts, and we become thoughts. over-dependent on the mind and our thoughts, which the mind is fantastically useful. It gets us from point A to point B, and... <laughs> it's it's cool. creativity is how, you know, Brilliant. creativity in mind. Yeah. Totally. Um, understanding or philosophy is how the divine meets the 3D world. It's yes. a process of create creativity, and you need the mind for that. It's it's a beautiful divine part of our being. But you can get overly caught up in your mind and your thoughts. Yes. Or just like you can think that your physical five dimensional surroundings are what is real, you can also think that what your thoughts hold are, are real. more real and that's not true and they're fleeting mm-hmm. they're not mm-hmm. and so like what you want is moments of stillness where you can be free from your thoughts or another way of looking at it is getting to the point where you can observe your thoughts mm-hmm. if when you're there like i know a lot of people and we've talked about this many times when they meditate say oh i can't meditate i have too many thoughts running through my mind You're going to have thoughts. I mean, you have a mind. You're going to have thoughts. If you're telling me that you are observing that you have thoughts, you're already a distance away from your thoughts. So I I want to tell people all the time, bingo, you you get it there and you don't even know you're there. (laughs) That's great Mm -hmm. because you want to learn that you, and so then you are not your thoughts. You are not your thoughts. You are 
that which is observing your thoughts. Yeah. That's similar to you. If there's a part of that being is the mothership. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yes. That's yes. why these people are all saying the same thing. Yes. In different ways. It's like, yeah. I mean, I've read dozens and dozens and dozens of spiritual books at this point. Mm-hmm. They all get to the same thing, really. It's mm-hmm. just different interpretations, partly because we can all something that's going to resonate differently with mm-hmm. each of us. So totally. it's great to have many different messengers. Mm-hmm. And what might click with me in 1993 might be different than what clicks with me in 2020. And mm-hmm. I've completely shown that that's happened. Yeah. And one, way, one person explained this to me when we were actually referring to not necessarily books, but we were referring to um, Christianity and the different churches, you know, Catholic, Baptist, Methodist, you know, all those different things. And it was really brilliant. So we live in Austin, Texas, and San Antonio is south of us. South of us, and I thirty five is the main thoroughfare to get there. So this person explained it beautifully. They're like, "All right, heaven is in San Antonio, right? <laughs> and we can we can take I thirty five. It's probably the most common way. But there's about a hundred different ways you can get from here to San Antonio." And whichever path you want to take is the she that that was she was her analogy of that's your pa- that's your church right if you took you know yeah. through dripping springs maybe that's the Baptist road or you know it's just I thought, so that's kind of like the analogy of the book there's many paths to learn about your soul right. and um, so these are the three that really helped us get yeah. deeper into this. Yeah, and they work together. They they work together too. Like I say, when I see Zukov's teachings, I use Tolle's principle principle to get there. Yes. Talk about the brain and how when it hijack when your thoughts hijack you. So here's what I think is here's another thing I think is super interesting that Tolle says, and I've spent many years thinking about this and over and over go. Yeah, he's he's right about this. And it's um, where are you um, fixating your thoughts? If you're fixating your thoughts on the past, and that will probably show up in form of regret and sorrow, maybe even guilt, uh, Uh pain even, you are, that causes a state of depression. He defines depression as sort of a thought fixation in the past. The converse would be if you spend a lot of time fixating on thoughts of the future, particularly fear, um, uncertainty, desperation, uh, lack of stability, almost everything that's coming out of my mouth is some form of fear, but mm-hmm. all those different things, that is what we view as anxiety. Mm-hmm. And so he says that both depression and anxiety are an inability to be in the present moment. And yes. so, you know, check that out for yourself and read it for yourself. I mean, I do think there's some, I have found with myself that that's been helpful sometimes when I thought, when you start to feel, when I start going down, particularly for me, it's hole. the past. It's that right. rabbit hole of regrets. Like I should have, I would have, I could have, I that's why my mantra for meditation so often is all is well. Mm-hmm. Um, I am here and now mm-hmm. is another good one. Mm-hmm. Uh, all is well here and now. Those are all things, you know, I'm sitting here right now. I'm fine. Yeah. There's no, there's not a tiger in the room. Yeah. And we're sure. coming together. <laughs> 
there you go. I'm sorry, I have you go. Because I use that analogy all the time, don't I? I never even thought about that. But um, I just I think it's a useful tool, whether it's for a bigger meaning in your life or for those moments you just you need to get out of your mind. Just start to realize the next time you're having um, a really bad day, particularly if it's panic or anxiety related or something like that, the, you know, I'm in traffic and oh my goodness, I'm going to be late to this meeting. I'm getting to that kind of thing. Realize that it's your thoughts spinning around and around. Take a minute, observe it. Hmm, that's my thought. And see if you can become still for that moment and if it can have a physiological effect. Mm-hmm. on your body and help you in that moment as well. Yeah, it's a great tool. It's a great tool. So you want to talk about our next one? You, I think so. So yeah. here's what I think. And so I think that um, Zukov is, um, I mean, he has a little bit of scientific basis, but it's very conceptual. Mm-hmm. Tolle is super philosophical in his writing. And by the way, A New Earth gets more into how ego comes into this, and if you can recognize ego versus your authentic self, essentially. So it's getting into a lot of the same. Once you learn your authentic self, mm-hmm. um, it frees you or liberates you from a lot of the trappings of what, what Zukov would call five-dimensional world. Right. The next um, person we want to talk about it has been a huge influence on you, right? Yes. And that's Gabby Bernstein. Gabby Bernstein. And what I like about Gabby Bernstein, she talks about and writes about all the same things that these guys and everyone else does, but she gives, I feel like, almost more of a how-to guide mm-hmm. to navigate some of, some right. of these things or a real-world you know, your girlfriend, your, you know, next door neighbor, like you really can relate to how she puts it. Definitely. So one of my favorite books of hers is The Judgment Detox. And the most interesting part about um, this book, when it first came out, was right after the last election. Oh. And here we are coming on this next election. And I read it much later than that. Yeah, so it's really... um, it's fascinating because she just talks about how we hold a lot of judgment in our lives, whether we're judging ourselves or we're judging others, and that that sort of judgment is not in alignment with our souls. That right. is definitely in alignment with our personality. This is where I feel like she gets also at that, I don't even know or remember if she says that, but learning your true authentic self versus your personality or your yes 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 she does go into that but i don't know if it's a she does she does a little this is where she gives you the tools to figure out which is which right right you know the tools is like is that my personality or is that you know it just it she has this one little thing in the very beginning where she talks about make a chart and list 15 judgments and when you start listening all these little oh well i judged her for wearing that and I, you know, I judged myself for saying this again, or I judged myself for not exercising today, or I judged my neighbor for driving that car, or judged so-and-so for buying this, or, you know, there's little bitty, and when you start having to write 15, you're like, you start to see which ones are the big judgments in your life. I thought that was one of my biggest takeaways from the book, too, Yeah, is make a list, sit down right now, 
make a list of something you've judged today. Yes. Even if it was someone for running late or yes. someone for cutting you off or whatever, you know? Oh, realize just the more what you put your attention on, you notice more. Yes. And so once you do that exercise, you will then over a few days start to notice how much, even if you think, oh, I'm not judgmental, you'll start to realize how yes. much you, and we all do. Right. We all, it's, it's one of the ways we navigate yes. well, this the world. The funny part is, yeah. um, Stacey and I were running and I told her I was reading this book again and you and I were going to do this podcast. And she goes, you and I are just not that judgmental. We're not very judgmental. I'm like, when I am done with this podcast, I'm going to give you that book. We're, we're not, we're not really that judgmental people. But when you read this book, you're like, holy moly. And the yeah. weird part is, is a long time ago, it's been a long time since I said this because I've realized how powerful words are. So I'm trying to choose my words carefully, but I used to say all the time, I don't judge other people very hard, very much, but I judge myself very, I judge myself a lot and put myself up to a high standard. I don't expect the same of others. Now I realize how detrimental I was being to myself. And when it, like in step one, because this is a step, she gives you six steps on, on doing really. It's a how-to. It's a how-to. The very first step is notice your judgment without judgment. Right. You know, don't judge yourself for having, you know, notice it. And then she goes into how to do that. Um, and she helps you discover that the, there's usually underlying wounds mm-hmm. that create our judgments. Like it, it's interesting. Um, I was having a conversation about judgments and this person was saying how they were so hard on other people that worked for them. Right. And I thought, well, you know, maybe, and they really wanted that person to understand you work for me. I work for you. And, and I thought, well, maybe some of that wound, the wound could be someone at one point treated them like the low right. man on the totem pole. Right. And so now that they're not the low man on the totem pole, they need to make sure that those people feel that they're the low man on the totem pole. Mm-hmm. So there's always this underlying wound that we create our judgments by, you know, like maybe I'm judging myself so hard on making sure that I eat right because maybe there was somebody said something to me at one point that made me feel yeah you have to do some same. deep dives you do some deep yeah. dives into what your wounds are and why you hold judgments on people um so that's good well, that's I, have, too. I want to talk about that for a minute yeah. too though because um I haven't followed this book as intensely as you have but I think part of it was because I read it after I'd done a lot of this work right the advice of other people yeah and I do think that um one of the most profound lessons I have learned in life is how much I judged myself. Yeah. And we all do. Yes. And so learning to start recognizing when I judge myself and now even when other people judge them, that, that's been a huge lesson to me. Even like I said, well, remember the example I gave on people say, oh, I'm not good at meditation because my thoughts are like, like well, first of all, you just judged yourself. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that's we the first thing. I mean, mm-hmm. be compassionate with mm-hmm. yourself. Mm-hmm. And the bigger part of that is 
we cannot hope that anyone else will treat us in any way differently than we treat ourselves. Mm-hmm. So it starts with yourself. That's right. How do you talk to yourself? How do you view yourself? How do you treat yourself? Definitely. And it's not selfish. Well, it is selfish, but that's not negative. To start starting with yourself isn't negative. You need to nurture yourself. Mm-hmm. And one of the ways I think one of the most important first steps in that is releasing your judgment on yourself. Correct. So her next step that she does, she says, put love on the altar. Um, and so what, and that kind of goes back to what you're looking for, you will find, mm-hmm. you know, and she talks about the power of prayer and how just pray for help with your judgment mm-hmm. and whatever you pray to or how you pray or whatever, you know, just if you put love on the altar, don't devalue the power of prayer you know, really use that to help you see people in a different light. Because say you're judging someone because of something they did to you, mm-hmm. right? That's a hard thing to get over or not judge them when they have wronged you in some way or done something to you. So that's where I think sometimes prayer might be all you can pull out at the moment, mm-hmm. right? Because you can't find it in yourself, to not judge them for what they've done, right? So power of prayer is one of her tools that she gives. And she says that when you do that, that is when you start to see people for the first time in a different light. I believe that. You know, and that 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 is super powerful. And I think that helps people get out of what Eckhart Tolle was talking about of running your brain in the past of your mind. Yes. And so, well, and it also brings up what Zukov was saying is realize that everyone else has their curriculum. They're learning here too, in this sensory world, this earth school. Mm -hmm. And so show some compassion to them. Even if they've wronged you, it doesn't mean you have to be aware. Yeah. They don't have to be aware. You don't have to become best friends, but it's really yourself you're freeing from that yes. cycle of um, and it doesn't mean you have to keep people in your life either. And you shouldn't always, right? Because you do need to nurture yourself, mm-hmm. and so you need to realize even people who are toxic for you and which love yourself. She goes into cutting the cord, mm-hmm. so she has some self-guided meditations in here. I think she gives a six-step process of six, these six meditations of how to cut that judgment cord between someone you might be holding a lot of judgments Mm -hmm. towards. Um, And that would also then bring your shadows to the light. Right. And the shadows are those underlying beliefs that you, or or wounds, the underlying wounds are kind of how I understand the shadows to be. I think so too, yeah. And when you can bring those to the light, it just, that's the lessons we're to learn in this earth school is what those shadows are. How do we heal them? How do we get them to love and to God? Well, and this all goes back to Cheryl, what you and I have talked to before, um, that bridge to freedom is that you have to gain freedom from those shadows, those limiting beliefs, that negative self-talk, to start loving yourself and getting to the point where you have true freedom and liberation to live the life you truly want, the life where your totally. personality is aligned with your authentic self. Mm-hmm. And that 
these three books really helped us do that. Right. And not that I always stay there. That's why I have to go right. back to the books and yeah. start over again. Or me to listen to a different person. And we're constantly finding new people yes. now too, because it's, it's a journey and it's a cycle. And they're just, you know, what I want to really put out there, I hope everyone takes away, is there are a lot of resources out there for whatever resonates with you. Yes, completely. Because these three are really, like we said, um, three authors, three teachers. They're teaching the same basic principles, but really in different ways. In very different ways. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so, you know... Hopefully, after listening to this, you'll be sparked to pick up one of their books and see which one resonates with you. But I do think that it's very three different voices, three different perspectives teaching the same thing. And just kind of an overview, I feel like Gary Zukoff is a deep dive into the soul, right? Yeah, you know, personality. And, um, you know, I think that... Eckhart Tolle is, you know, most well known for the power of now being in the present moment. But what a new earth does if you move on to that book, it gets into a lot of the same things I think that Zukov does. Okay. And he would um, use the term ego mm-hmm. almost the same way Zukov would use personality. And yeah. he would talk about a deeper soul yeah. or authentic self or things like that. Um, and, and they're both in, in those two books saying, um, we're shifting, we're evolving, yeah. we're getting to a place where more and more people are ready to have these conversations. So that, that's something that they really do share. Definitely. And then Gabby's like your Gabby girlfriend. Is, she's yeah. like your girlfriend. It's the how-to guide. Mm-hmm. Very accessible and um, easy to, if this is all new to you, this is an easy pickup. Pick yeah. it up, read it. It's like, oh, okay, I get that, you know? And and this just, I don't know, it just, this book really... Um, brought judgment to light in my life and made me realize, ooh, when I can release some judgment, that releases Freeze some yourself. of thoughts. Yeah. They're, they're, they're gone because, you know, I'm not judging it anymore. Well, and I truly believe, and this is what we'll leave the judgment with, again, I, I just say the same things over and over, but if you really get to be happy with yourself, you're going to be happy for other people too. So a lot of the animosities you might have to other people, even if they've wronged you, and they really might have wronged you. Yeah. But you realize that you're the one staying in that mental loop yes. of reliving that past episode to where it causes you pain and trauma. And so you're not, I mean, release it for yourself. Right. Or show it love for your own well-being so you can live in a place of greater Love and compassion and happiness. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah. Well, it's exciting. This was great. And I'm sure we're going to do this with many other books. Yeah. This is our first little start of introducing our book club. Yeah. (laughs) In my life book club. Maybe one day we'll be right under Oprah's book club. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, Yeah, so I hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope that you pick up one of these books and learn or become a little more enlightened to all this stuff we're talking about. And uh, hope you enjoy. Yeah, and if you want to hear about any other books that we've read and want us to do this on some other books, then go ahead and put that in the comments below, and we'll make sure that we read those Yeah, in all three versions, Audible and 
reading and <laughs> my Kindle, right? <laughs> so that we can really uh, do deep dives into all of this spiritual health, wellness, all the topics that we really like to talk about and dive into. Yeah. So thanks we, for listening. Uh, glad you joined us. Be yeah. well. Thank you for listening to the In Vibe Life podcast. For more information and to join our community, be sure and check out our website at www.invibelife.com. We look forward to sharing with you.